Welcome to the Naked Truth. Peace to you. It's Memorial Day and it's Monday, so we're going to be in the Old Testament, as we call it, and we're at the Book of Numbers as the fourth book in the Old Testament, at the beginning of the Bible, the fourth book, and we're at the uh, chapter six. So if you want to turn to your book and read along with me, uh, feel free. We're going to begin at verse one. And if you don't have a Bible in front of you, you can always use the blueletterbible.org website, at least while it lasts. That's what I'm using to read it from. And I'm using the New King James Version, um, so you understand which version and why it reads the way it does. So, all that being said, let's begin. Um, then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, so if you've read with me before, you know that that contradicts that statement itself. The opening statement contradicts what other parts of the Bible say, namely what it says in the New Testament, that no one has seen God at any time or heard his voice or seen his form in more than one place. So, like I've said before, you have to choose what it is you want to believe. If you're there's more than one religion in the Bible, more than two. So if you want to believe the one of the religions of the Old Testament, go ahead. If you want to believe one of the religions of the New Testament, and there's more than one there also, go ahead. I as a I self-identify as a Christian, so for me, Christ gets the last word. And if it's in red letters, that means Jesus said it. We do those letters, those were readings on our Saturday readings. And so Jesus says otherwise. So I go with what Jesus says. That's who I defer to as far as my um, faith goes. But again, believe what you want to believe. At this point, though, it's saying Moses, that's the same Ten Commandments, Moses, is having a conversation, it seems, with the Lord. Verse 2, speak to the children of Israel and say to them, when either a man or woman consecrates an offering to take the vow of Nazarite, of a Nazarite to separate himself to the Lord. So it's saying in this is one of the few instances where it talks about a woman also being able to take um, a certain sort of religious vow. You don't see that very often at all in the Bible, much less in the Old Testament. But uh, here it's saying that a woman can also take that same vow. And I'm not sure what exactly a Nazarite is. It's not the same as a Nazarene as far as being from that certain area of the world. Um, but there may be some tie there because the word seems so similar that it might be. I'm not educated enough to know. So I'd say if you want to know more, research it yourself and see. Um, but I do know that the Nazarite is the same at least it reads the same as the same sort of vow that the Old Testament figure Samson, the Samson and Delilah Samson, um, takes when he's um, born. Even before he's born, they uh, his parents are, are um, given the command to raise him as a Nazarite. So the way I understand it is, it's basically just like a person who's dedicated to their religion, whether it's a monk, like a monk or a a nun or something along those lines, someone who dedicates, who's dedicated to that religion. And it's saying here that a woman or man can take that um, um, vow. And that just means a promise to, or a contract to. Verse three, he shall separate himself from wine and similar drink. He shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from similar drink. Neither shall he drink any grape juice nor eat fresh grapes or raisins so the wine um the fruit of grapes seems to be the thing that separates them from everyone else and the list of drinks and foods that we just went through are all things that can be uh that are different forms of a grape and that comes to mind at least brings to my mind 
when um, just before the crucifixion where Jesus um, does what we call the Last Supper, the communion um, with the disciples. He tells them he's not going to drink of the fruit of the vine again until the kingdom of God comes. But then you see on the cross, they offer him um, sour wine mixed with gall as uh, when he says he's thirsty. But then after he tastes it, he doesn't drink it. And then he passes away. At least that's the way the narrative reads. Um, So um, I don't know why that comes to mind because of the vinegar also is fruit of the vine. So it's interesting that that's how it works out in that narrative. But then maybe the fact that he tasted it but didn't drink it, maybe that's the difference. I'm not sure. But here, if you're, if that's one of the things the Nazarite has to um, sign up for if they decide to take that vow. Just like other religions will have you give up other things like drinking or sex or whatever it is, they'll. it's the same way for the Nazarite. In their case, they're giving up all things that come from a grape. Why? I'm not sure. Since um, a grape is not like it's um, any different than any other fruit, other than the fact that, I mean, but you can ferment other fruit also and make booze out of them too. Um, but for whatever reason, the grape is separated as the one thing that Nazarite has to give up and avoid. Verse 4, all the days of his separation he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grapevine from seed to skin. So that would mean all those things we named off, but then it says anything, so you can't do any of those grapeseed masks. I like to do those sometimes. Uh, Or um, anything else that comes from the grapes, you're not allowed to do them. Verse 5, all the days of the vow of his separation, no razor shall come upon his head until the days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the Lord. He shall be holy. Then he shall let the locks of the hair of his head grow. So um, a couple of things there. So one of the other things they have to do physically is avoid haircuts. And um, so then you can understand now how that how that relates to Samson that he grew his hair out and all of that and I think it said he had seven locks which generally speaking I know some white folks do it now like if they're from the islands or something like the Caribbean islands or something or even some that are um and you know in different cultures throughout the world will do it but generally speaking as far as I know mostly only black people grow out their hair in locks regularly you know like dreadlocks or um or um, I forget what the other kind of locks are called, but basically that's what it sounds like is being described here. Uh, so again, remember, or at least I would consider, if I were you, that no matter what your church or your upbringing may have told you about the people in the Bible, everyone is not blonde and blue. This is a part of the world that we call the Middle East, and right now they're not even in where we call Palestine or Israel yet. They just exited Africa. So I say all that to so that you keep your mind open as to the appearance and culture of the people who we're reading about. Don't assume anything that about them um, as far as their complexion, because most likely they're dark skinned. Even though that's not what popular religion will tell you, it gets whitewashed just like so many other things. Um, but one of the things that the Nazarite has to do, besides the grapes, avoiding them, is avoid haircuts. Uh, at least while he's dedicated to his ministry, or at least his part in the ministry, or her. Verse 6, all the days that he separates himself to the Lord, he shall not 
go near a dead body. So that's the next regulation for the Nazarite, avoid dead bodies. And we've read earlier in some of the other ordinances and statutes set up for the people that um, the priests aren't allowed to touch a dead body either. If the people touch a dead body, they're considered unclean and have to go through their ritual of cleansing and uh, a time period before they're considered clean again. And so um, it doesn't mean that they've sinned necessarily. It just means they're ritually unclean. They're unsuitable to approach the holy things, basically. It'd be like you wouldn't, you'd be barred from going to church or, you know, the synagogue, the temple, wherever your worship place is, if you've come in contact with a dead body, even if that's your job, like if you're a pallbearer or a beer bearer or a mortician, whatever the case may be, or a nurse, if you've come in contact with a dead body, you're considered unclean um, for coming in contact with it. And um, like I said, you have to go through that ritual. So the next thing that the that the Nazarite has to avoid is dead bodies. And um, one other thing about the priests and them avoiding dead bodies, if they come in contact with a dead body, only the regular priests are allowed to do that and then be considered unclean. But if the, the high priest isn't, and you, they can do it for family members, certain family members, like their parents or certain siblings and things like that. But the high priest isn't allowed to even defile. That's what they call it, defiling yourself, becoming unclean for even their parents because they're considered extra sanctified, extra consecrated. Their duties um, bar them from even becoming defiled for any of their close family members, at least according to what we've read. Verse 7, he shall not make himself unclean even for his father or his mother, for his brother or his sister when they die because he his separation to God is on his head. So just like the high priest that's what I was just talking about. Just like the high priest isn't allowed to defile themselves, as it's called, uh, for any of those family members, even though other people can, they'll still be considered defiled, but they have the opportunity to go through the ritual and become clean again. The high priest, and now we see the Nazarite, isn't allowed to do it for either any of those reasons either. Any of those people either. The loss of any of those people either. So imagine if someone's mom or daddy passes away, and you're the high priest or Nazarite, you can weep over them, you can mourn over them, you just can't touch them, you can't hug them one last time, kiss them goodbye or anything like that. Because, like I said, the anointing oil, that's uh, what they use to signify or mark the um, person who's set apart for those duties or for those roles, um, is, is um, those people are not allowed to you know, defile themselves. Um, verse 8, all the days of his separation, he shall be holy to the Lord. So that separation is just like I said, when you, if you join a convent or a monastery or whatever it is you're going to join to dedicate yourself to your religion, while you're there, those rules apply. So it's the same thing with the Nazarite. He has to, or she has to um, maintain that the whole time. Verse 9, and if anyone dies very suddenly beside him and he defiles his consecrated head, then he shall shave his head on the day of his cleansing. On the seventh day, he shall shave it. So it, they're not even a lot. So it's saying, suppose, for instance, someone dies suddenly, a heart attack or a lightning strike or is murdered, something like that. 
and they collapse on you or right next to you and you're that Nazarite or uh, Nazarite then um, you have to wait those seven days because remember it's the anointing is on their head um, but then you have to shave your head uh, once you are cleansed after those seven days are passed and it sounds like start again let's see uh, verse 10 then on the eighth day he shall bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons to the priest to the door of the tabernacle meeting so we've read before about the animal sacrifices and offerings that the people have to make and when they make them you're not to be making them at home you have to take them to the religious authorities just like if you get a speeding ticket you don't just pay the ticket to the city or pay you know you don't you don't just pay the ticket to the speeding camera or the light or whatever the officer who pulls you over you pay it to the authorities that are that those um lights and cameras and and uh officers are dedicated to so similarly when you offend in the different regulations of the religion you pay it to the priests so that's what it's talking about you have to take those two birds to the um priest um but only to the door of the tabernacle meeting so you're not actually going in the so-called holy place you're just going to the door to make your offering verse 11 and the priest shall offer one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering and make atonement for him because he sinned in regard to the corpse and he shall sanctify his head that same day so i said earlier that it's defiling and unclean but not necessarily sin so i was wrong it is considered sin according to the religion even if it's not even your fault if someone dies next to you suddenly um then you've sinned if you've touched them so um and again these are regulations and things set up it says they're from the lord but the when the lord is said called moses up the mountain those two times one after the other and gave him the ten commandments all of these things were not included with it these all to all seem to have arisen after that presumably to me it seems by the religion um things like how you have to shave your beard and what color your clothes should be and things like that that really seem like um nitpicking and they don't seem like things that a universal god would be focused on yet they're what's here in these different ordinances for the people to follow so in this instance it's considered a sin if you if the priests uh persons too if people touch the dead body they're, they're considered, it's considered an offense it's considered a sin that's why you have to cleanse yourself and wait to be clean again ritually clean again so in the same way the priest has to do the same thing make the burn offerings one as a sin offering and the other as a burnt offering and when like i said before when they say burnt offering that means it will meet fire, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be burnt to a crisp. It could very well mean that they're just going to rotisserie a chicken over some fire for the, or, you know, not a chicken, but a pigeon or turtle dove or whatever it is, may, whatever it may be that they're offering. Um, but they have to do that ritual um, to make atonement for, to make up for, to pay for the sin of coming in contact with a corpse a dead body even if it was accidentally verse 12 he shall consecrate to the lord the days of his separation and bring a male lamb in its first year as a trespass offering but the former days shall be lost because his separation was defiled so even though he didn't have any um 
control over the person suddenly died next to him. It seems like the Lord would have control over that um, since that's who gives life in the first place and generally takes life other than the, when humans take other each other's lives. Um, but even then, wouldn't the Lord know that that's happening, about to happen, and be able to or willing to stop it if the Lord didn't want you to die in that moment? Um, I mean, I've seen that happen myself. I've been shot at more than once. So I know that the Lord can intervene when the Lord wants to. Um, so it would seem to me if the Lord really didn't want you to be um, defiled by the dead body, would the Lord let the person die right next to you and then also come in contact with you? But whatever the case may be, it's saying um, once that happens, once you've defiled yourself by coming in contact with a corpse, then you've lost those days prior to that moment, the dedication, the time you put in to your service in that religious sense, in that role, they're gone, they've been defiled, they're lost. Um, but So you have to pay for that also. You have to use, you have to dig in your pockets or go out to your uh, livestock and choose a male lamb in its first year, so it's a young one, and um, offer that as a trespass offering because you've trespassed, you've offended, you've sinned. Verse 13, now this is the law, and again, just like the turtle doves or the pigeons, when it says that it's offered, a male lamb is offered, it doesn't necessarily mean that that lamb is going to be um, burnt up to a crisp at all. It probably just means it'll be barbecued. And here it's, um, I think they did, we might have read, read how they do the trespass offerings. Although now that I think about it, I don't recall the regulations for the trespass offerings since there's many different types of offerings people can make. But so if the person's offering it as a trespass offering, it may be that you're just giving it up to the priest and the priest is adding it to their fold of livestock until a time comes. I don't know, but I mean, it sounds possible since again, I don't remember us reading about a trespass offering. Um, verse 13, now this is the law of the Nazarite. When the days of his separation are fulfilled, he shall be brought to the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So this is the next step for the Nazarite once they fulfilled their days of um, of sanctifying themselves, basically setting themselves aside for the religious role. Verse 14, and he shall present his offering to the Lord, one male lamb in its first year without blemish as a burnt offering, one ewe lamb in its first year without blemish as a sin offering, one ram without blemish as a peace offering. So if you're going to dedicate yourself to being a Nazarite, you've got to have those three animals, a male lamb, a female lamb, that's what an ewe is, um, and also a ram. And it says without blemish, so that means it can't be something that's uh, an animal that is lame or blind or in some way disformed or disfigured. It has to be basically uh, physically um, intact for it to be offered for these particular offerings. And the one, it says, is going to be a burnt offering. And again, that doesn't mean it's going to be burnt to a crisp necessarily, but um, it will be offered to the Lord, but it's going to be the priests who get the benefit of it. Verse 15, a basket of unleavened bread, cakes of fine flour mixed with oil, unleavened wafers anointed with oil, and their grain offering with their drink offerings. So the more it's, I read it, it sounds more like you're buying into it. You're buying into the role of a Nazarite. Because why else would you need all these different animals 
and articles to offer to sort of buy into the system and become that Nazarite. Um, at least that's how it reads to me. Um, but whatever the case may be, they have to make all those offerings to the animals and all of these articles for um, their role once they fulfill the days of their being set apart. Um, and um, it'd be just like a once you finish your probation period at a job, those 90 days or however long it is, then after you've made it through the probation period, then you have to make all these offerings for yourself, I guess, to make up, you know, to make you right uh, ritually. Uh, religiously before you can proceed verse 16 then the priest shall bring them before the lord and offer his sin offering and his burnt offering so those two get offered right away this is sin offering the burnt offering um let's see verse 17 and he shall offer the ram as a sacrifice of a peace offering to the lord with the basket of unleavened bread the priest shall also offer its grain offering and its drink offering so it sounds like provisions for a feast all those animals and remember um some of the offerings the priests get to keep for themselves and then some of the offerings the priests get to keep and they share it communally so if one priest is the one you um is handling your um your role your being um brought into the fold as a Nazarite and then that one singular priest may be the one to benefit from some of those offerings to be the only one to get to partake in them but then some of the rest of them there's the offering is going to be shared communally with all the priests to feed them all basically or you know to they all benefit from it um verse 17 or did we just read that one sorry verse 18 then the Nazarite shall shave his consecrated head at the door of the tabernacle meeting and shall take the hair from his consecrated head and put it on the fire which is under the sacrifice of the peace offering so the peace offering is being burnt or at least barbecued roasted however you want to think of it it's over some flames and the hair is shaved off of the person who's now dedicating themselves to the religion and then it's placed in the flames sounds a lot like witchcraft because you do some of those same rituals when you're um doing incantations for certain things um so it sounds like that's a part of the worship ceremony where the person who's offered the animals and bread and things are um is also gonna use part of themselves their hair um to be a part of the offering to ascend with the offering in the smoke verse um 19 and the priest shall take the boiled shoulder of the ram one unleavened cake from the basket and one unleavened wafer and put them upon the hands of the nazarite after he shaved his consecrated head so that lets you know all of these aren't just being burnt up um, one thing is being boiled at least part of the meat of the ram is being boiled and one of the cakes it's called um it sounds like it could be a pancake or a biscuit or um, so in one way or another, or another, some of the bread from the basket, and then one of the unleavened wafers, and that makes me think of when you do communion in most churches, they give you those little wafers for, um, as to represent the body and the wine to represent the blood of Christ and communion and all that. So uh, the Nazarite gets a piece of each of those parts of the offering in their hand. 
verse 20, and the priest shall wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. They are holy for the priest, together with the breast of the wave offering and the high, and the thigh of the heave offering. After that, the Nazarite may drink wine. So once the Nazarite has done all that, made the offering of those animals and other articles, um, the priest has taken them in their hand and received them. Once the peace offering is roasting, barbecuing on over the flames, and the Nazarite's hair is shaved off, then they get a portion of the offering, and they get to wave it as in lifting it up in prayer like you would with grace or something, and saying grace, and um, and then it's like then that's it seems that's when their role officially begins as uh, part of the ministry because then they're able to. Uh, booze it up if they want so they can drink wine after that verse 21 this is the law of the Nazarite who vows to the Lord the, the offering for his separation and besides that whatever else his hand is able to provide according to the vow which he takes so he must do according to the law of his separation so again that lets you know there it's it's not all uh, uh, some of it is at least for the enrichment of the religion it's not all just being burnt up in the flames. It's you. It's what you can bring to the religion also. And then once you say you're going to do that, you're bound to do that by your word to do that. And they hold you uh, responsible for, for uh, providing that. Verse um, 22, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Verse 23, Speak to Aaron and his sons, saying, This is the way you shall... Bless the children of Israel. Say to them. So um, this is um, the official way of giving a blessing to someone uh, according to um, uh, according to the priest. If they say God, it's not as simple as God bless you, like people will say now. Um, it's this um, this next group of um, verses, and I'm just going to read through them. Um, rather than break them up and then maybe if we need to we can then go through them and explain them but I think it's self-explanatory it's a blessing okay so verse 24 the Lord bless you and keep you the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace um, so that's the priestly blessing that they're when they bless someone it's like I said instead of just saying oh God bless you um, that's what they are to say. Um, and it, I mean, it seems like a good blessing to put on someone that God be with you and, um, alight you and be gracious to you, so generous with you and lift up his countenance upon you. So, um, make bright your paths and give you peace. That's pretty self-explanatory. So they shall put my name on the children of Israel and I will bless them. So it's in doing the blessing, it's not as simple as just saying, God bless you. It's making sure you include this um, so-called priestly blessing of making sure that you include the Lord uh, every step of the way in the blessing. And Lord here, by the way, and like I've said before, is being translated from the word Jehovah. Um, and in other places, it'll be L, like E-L, or um, 
Elohim or other words in other places in the Old Testament but here it's still Jehovah and um, here actually is the end of this reading because it's the end of the chapter I appreciate you checking it out with me as always and as always hope it's a blessing for you you can hear past readings of the naked truth on this platform anchor Spotify and others or if you're an adult you can go to my website it's hungtgirl.com and hear the past readings the red letter readings the things Jesus actually had to say because like I said Jesus's words only appear in a tenth or tithe of the entire Bible it's like 60 plus books in the Bible and only six of them have a message directly attributed to Jesus appearing in those red letters and so that's what we focus on on our Saturday night our Saturday night readings click on the spirit and soul pages there on my website to um and the pictures there they'll you can read along with me that way um and um see what we do here on the naked truth feel free to help me out by making a donation or um getting a subscription i'm coming up with a new price scheme for those as we speak and um or just enjoy the free content by clicking on the pictures those are videos for you there and it's free um meantime um thanks again stay safe god bless you and peace be with you see you next time and happy memorial day i mean as happy as it can be you're celebrating basically people who gave up their lives like a nazarite before another cause stay safe see you next time